Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast, a taping on a Wednesday, the handicapping Props edition. I'm Scott Pienowski, your co-host. We're going to be joined by Dalton Del Don in a minute. And of course, we are presented by Planters, those peanut guys. They've been satisfying your snack cravings for over 100 years. Dalton, you know what satisfied me today? Weather snuck into the 70s in Michigan. Driving down, felt like a fall day. Technically, it's still autumn. Hit some golf balls today. Listened to some some great music and got ready for the... uh, Week nine slate, trying to figure out what's going on, who's in, who's out. But um, the weather, I guess this is really an issue with you, with that you live in the Bay Area. But, you know, winter will eventually come in Michigan. It will be cold. It'll be stark. And you just won't want to go outside. So the fact that we're into November and I can be wearing shorts you know, in the first week of November, I think is pretty awesome. Good to hear P&L. Um, yeah. I, as you mentioned, I am from the Bay Area and that means I'm a Niners fan. So I'm a... Uh, down times here, man. It's rough, rough times. I've quite seen a season like this with injuries, uh, but uh, happy to hear the weather's uh, cooperating with you. I deal with some, but not quite like the snow you have to. I'll tell you one other thing that satisfied me is that I was just kind of a little worn out, not really in the mood to do my pickups last night, my fab bidding and my fab offers. And so I set an alarm to do it like a half hour before they were due. And I slept through that. And so I woke up with that terror of I immediately know, knew it wasn't the time I wanted it to be. So I'm like, oh, God. So I didn't, you know, what's left for the secondary market. But I didn't think it was a great pickups week. And I, I think if there's a week to sleep through your bids, it was probably this week. I mean, yeah, but I would have liked Nick Mullins in a few in a few leagues. And we'll talk about him in a second. But fortunately, I don't think it was a great fab week. By the way, when we're talking about these picks and these props and this stuff that we're looking to get bat, get down on, you can do that yourself at BetMGM, who's the official betting partner with Yahoo, and they're providing all the odds that you hear on this program. And if you want to get in the game with BetMGM, new users get a $25 bonus upon registration. There's no deposit required. You can use it immediately. And you also receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 with that first deposit. Sign up today at betmgm.com slash Yahoo. The promo is valid to new users in New Jersey, West Virginia, Indiana, and Colorado that are 21 years or older. That includes me and Dalton. And terms do apply. So let's give the people some winners, D. Uh, your 49ers, well, on, off the board, I guess. Green Bay and San Francisco off the board. So we don't have 
a pick on that game. Uh, do you have anything to say about Mullins? Is there a Green Bay backup running back? Because they're they're going deep on their depth chart without Jones, without Williams. Do you like any you know, any of the other guys there? Is there a fantasy angle you want to promote in this game? Yeah, it's just a rough situation with uh, all-around injuries and dealing with COVID. Uh, yeah, Dexter Williams would be my guest to lead that backfield, but it's not a great matchup, and it's not certainly exciting. I expect Aaron Rodgers to bounce back after a, a poor last-week performance by the team and the last memory of the NFC Championship game fresh in his mind there. You know, it's wild. The The 49ers have uh, zero players on the field Thursday night uh, who touch the ball in an NFC Championship game. I mean, there's so oh, many man. injuries. So it maybe feels like the sucker side if this spread does jump to, what is it going to jump to, five, six, seven? Um, I would be laying the points. Um, I, the Niners, the def- the, all the injuries caught up to them. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be rough from here on out. But Ayuk, uh, at least Ayuk's Ayuk versus Jair Alexander will will maybe be worth tuning in Thursday night. That should be a fun matchup. Yeah, I was excited to play Kendrick Bourne this week, but he ended up being on the COVID list and, and maybe tied to why this game could easily get pushed back, maybe even wiped out for a week. Let me ask you about Mullins. I'm having trouble reconciling just how good he is. He had some nice moments in 2018 after Garoppolo got hurt. And then there was a, a game he played in earlier this year where he was so bad, they had to bench Mullins to get bettered in the game, you know, much to the happiness of Andy Barron's. But then in garbage time last week, Mullins looked terrific. But, you know, it was the game wasn't competitive when he came in. Seattle's defense is lousy. I'm just trying to figure out who Nick Mullins is. Do you have an angle on that? So 8.7 YPA is, it tells you that it really helps playing quarterback in this system. I'd like them more if there were Kittle and Debo also helping them out, um, and now even down Bourne. I mean, when you're down to your fifth, sixth string guys, it just makes it tough. But if you're in a super flex league with Kyle Shanahan at coach, definitely Mullins should be absolutely rostered. Um, he's probably an, certainly an improvement over the hobbled version that we saw of Jimmy Garoppolo. And if they get a little bit healthier at wide receiver and in that system, I could, I could certainly see Mullins having even some top 10 fantasy weeks in the right matchup. So he's certainly on the radar given the system. You think Garoppolo plays another game with the 49ers? So I was just thinking that I, I was like, I can't believe that I might've seen his last snap in that game. I was not prepared going into the, the Seahawks game. It looked like the Niners season was back on track. And I would say, uh, Oh, respected beat writer just gave, uh, gave him a 25% chance of being their starting quarterback next year. They take zero. They have zero guaranteed uh, cap hit with, with Garoppolo there. They could easily get out of that contract. Um, I don't know the other options. Matt Ryan would cost a lot, but there'd be the Shanahan connection. Um, my guess right now is that's the last we've seen of Jimmy G play for the Niners. That's, that's not, my Twitter. My Twitter feed includes him, the lover of Larry David Radiohead and Jimmy G. And I may have to to, to move that. It's a sad, sad situation. He looks, looks so bad and he can't stay healthy. I mean, maybe you can you can make an excuse of the injuries, but it's been a lot of injuries with him. You know, he missed the whole year with the ACL. He even hurt his shoulder in his brief work with New England years ago. So I think Shanahan and company, they, they're not even really running the system they want. They're running the system that works best for Garoppolo as their quarterback. So I think they might take a whole different view here and start from scratch at that position moving forward. Do you think he's just as handsome as he was maybe two years ago? He's incredibly good looking. He's number 10 because he is a perfect 10. I mean, he's just, uh, yeah, he's so, he's so handsome. I mean, there's no question. Like, well, he'll always have that. He could always will have fall that. back yeah. on that. So, yeah. so Dalton Deldon, lover of Larry David Radiohead and Nick M. That will be the new 
Twitter bio going forward. Let's get to the Sunday slate. You mentioned one, 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 uh, one thing: Jamichael Hasty mm-hmm. versus one of I mean a run defense that just gave Dalvin Cook was the first player ever to have four sure. touchdowns in the first four possessions. Last time they played, he Mostert had 220 rushing yards and so many touchdowns in the championship game. Now it doesn't always work that that obvious. Of course, Green Bay is going to focus on their run defense this week, but Hasty. Last man standing, shows some juice. Uh, he's actually an interesting fantasy start this week. Everywhere I roster him, it's not. I'm not even thinking about playing Hasty. He's already in my lineup. I, that, that's where I'm at. And that, of course, speaks to the landscape of fantasy right now. Running back is is just decimated with injuries, and we got bye weeks going on. And then you know, hopefully they can get this game off. Let's get to the Sunday slate. Seattle, fresh off that victory over the 49ers, they're going east for that dreaded West Coast East uh, early body clock game. They're spotting three points to the Buffalo Bills who I thought were incredibly underwhelming. I know they beat New England, but I didn't think they looked good at all doing it. If Cam Newton doesn't fumble, I think the Patriots are going to win that game. Anyway, Seattle is a three-point favorite on the road, a very juicy total of 54.5. What do you make of the Seahawks and Bills? I'm the square laying the points here. You said it with the Bills. It's unimpressive in that win and just unimpressive lately. They may be 6-2, and two, but they're negative point differential. I'm not betting against Russell Wilson against this Bills team. So, uh, yeah, give me the Seahawks. I took Buffalo. I, you know, when in doubt, I like to side with underdogs. <laughs> it, it, the body clock game concerns me. I don't like Seattle's defense. But the thing with Buffalo is that, I mean, I, I can live with Josh Allen having ups and downs. I can live with, you know, Singletary's maybe taking a step back in the second year. But I thought their defense was going to be good and maybe a plus unit. And it's awful. They could not get stopped. The, the Patriots had no pretense of trying to throw the ball downfield. They were running draw plays on third and long. They were punting in plus territory and fourth and manageable. I'm like, these are the new, these are Bill Belichick Patriots. They had like a high school offense and all the Bills had to do is stop Cam Newton and and Harris and they couldn't do it. I, again, if Newton doesn't fumble, I think the Patriots win that game. And I say this as somebody who had Buffalo tickets last week. It's, it's probably the sharper side and Seattle's defense is a problem. I'm waiting to hear John Brown's health. He's a sneaky DFS option because these wide receivers against Seattle are just, you know, they're by far the most vulnerable. Stephon Diggs should be, you know, top five this week. Um, And DK Metcalf versus Tredavious White should be worth the price of his mission as well. But yeah, Buffalo's, both these defenses are, are, are not good. This is the sneaky DFS game of the week, especially with Stafford out on that Minnesota Detroit one. This is one of the games people will be interested in, even though it's weird outdoors and typically two good defenses. Another game with a fairly high total, two teams coming off victories last week. Somehow the Broncos stole one from the Chargers. I guess you just add another game in the Charger lore of how do we blow this one? And the Falcons look really good dismantling a Carolina team and getting revenge for their early loss to the Panthers. The home Falcons are spotting four points in this game. Totals 49 and a half. We'll have to check on Calvin Ridley, who did not practice Wednesday. So he's probably going to be up in the air till the weekend. What do you make of the Broncos and Falcons? Uh, this is a stay away for, for me. I, I took the points. So weird that, that luck, sorry, that Locke has the highest average uh, air yards intended this season. And if they get Tim Patrick back with Judy, Hamler, and Fant, it's really an interesting offense there, at least theoretically on paper. Um, so I'll take the points here. But, man, Atlanta is one of those teams that I just have zero idea what to make of week in, week out. Yeah. I mean, you know, they had Dallas beaten, somehow blew that game. Uh, they had the Lions beaten, and uh, they blew that game. But they looked really good against the Carolina team. I thought I was starting to kind of fall for, you know, the new coaching. The defense had been better. Maybe Warren Sharp was talking about maybe the problem was that Carolina plays too much zone, and that's easy for Matt Ryan to decipher. And then, you know, Ryan moved the ball very easily. Julio Jones, of course, 
totally changes the complexion of this Falcons offense when he's on the field. But I don't know if they have enough depth to withstand. And we've seen Ridley without Cal, without Julio. What's Julio going to be without Ridley? I, not that, I mean, Julio Jones is always good, but I feel like he's going to be doubled the moment he's out, out of the tunnel. And that could maybe bog them down. So I took the Broncos too. If the Broncos had a quarterback I liked, if they had a league average quarterback, I'd really be excited for their offense because I love their skill players. And that's with all the talent they, they have hurt right now. You know, obviously they got nothing out of Sutton this year and Patrick's dinged up at the moment, but they have two quality running backs. They have two tight ends I like. They can throw, they can challenge all parts of the field. And I even feel like Judy is, has maybe been a little bit of a disappointment, but you can see he's going to be a great player someday. It just hasn't happened right away. But then there's Drew Locke throwing the football, and I just don't have any trust in him. So I took the Broncos with the points, but this would not be a game I would put any of my own money on. Yeah, Albert O, his number two tight end there, has been impressive. Um, yeah, you bring up a couple of good points. It does seem like a Calvin Ridley injury would really matter. It needs to be fine-tuned. It's like when Jones and Ridley are healthy and Ryan at home could be dangerous, but you miss one of those pieces, and it does seem to really deter them. And I think that might be the next step in, uh, in maybe even fantasy or, or football is like what Warren Sharp's able to identify the who, who excels versus zone versus man and what defense should he see that coming week the majority of. I really think that's a, a real interesting way of, of handicapping, and he's at the forefront of it. Yeah, props to Warren Sharp. He's just been doing outstanding work, whether it's you're looking to pick the games, you win your office pool, get to bet MGM and, and make a few bucks, or you're just trying to get a fantasy edge. He's really a great resource and, and just one of my favorite guys to follow. You always get smarter listening to that guy. Chicago, well, they took New Orleans overtime but couldn't finish the deal. They're at Tennessee who, man, did they stub their toe against the Bengals last week, losing streak because they lost to Pittsburgh the week before. The Titans defense all of a sudden looks incredibly leaky. They can't get off the field on third down. Nick Foles and the Bears are catching five and a half in this game. It's a 46 and a half over under. What do you make of the Bears and Titans? I laid the points. I know the Titans defense has been a big disappointment. Jadavian Clowney doesn't have a sack his last, I believe, 10 regular season games. And they they released Vic Beasley um, recently as well. But the setup here, I think they'll play with the lead, um, what they've lost a couple games in a row. And that's a, a poor setup for Nick Foles and company playing from behind there. So I, I like the Titans, and I actually would use their, their fantasy defense this week. Uh, I know it's, they've been disappointing, but that's where I lean here. I, I hate to say this because I'm in a big money league where I need Nick Foles. It's a league where the, the scoring is heavily weighted towards quarterbacks. But I wonder if maybe the Bears should go back to Trubisky at some point because at least he has mobility. Now, Foles did hit. Finally, they got Mooney going on the deep pass. He's been open, I feel like, all year. He's like their version of Marquise Brown. I think he's open all the time, and they're just not finding him. But And, and maybe the right answer, a quarterback for the Bears, just isn't on the roster right now. But even though I need Foles for my – pocketbook i wonder i did take the points in this game i should say that up front but i wonder if maybe trubisky would be a better fit for the look Nagy has to be committed to whatever quarterback he has he has to trust the guy maybe he just finally gave up on trubisky in week three maybe all along they wanted to go to falls and it was just a matter of they needed a, a moment to get off the bus get off the trubisky bus get on the falls bus that type of thing but do you think? Do you feel good about either one of their quarterbacks? Do you think the Bears are just fraudulent and they're going to you know, eventually be out of the playoff picture? Or can the defense keep them afloat? What's your stance on Chicago right now? I don't think they're totally fraudulent because their defense is legit. Um, but yeah, I don't think the quarterback uh, their quarterback makes them uninteresting to do any damage. And David Montgomery, I think, is a ham and egger at best. So yeah, their offense is really limits their upside. Just uh, just extreme here. Um, and then on the other side, Tennessee. What if Corey Davis is quietly emerging there, former pedigree Davis, A.J. Brown, and Jonu all healthy with, with the big dog in the backfield? That's 
it's really interesting. Uh, with obviously Tannehill continues to play so well, so um, yeah, I, I like I like what the Titans are doing there. If everyone can stay healthy, well, we we're going to talk about the Lions and, and Vikings um, with Minnesota spotting four, but Matthew Stafford just before we went on the tape went on the COVID list, so this game will be off the board by when you listen to this. Chase Daniel is the backup quarterback for the Lions, so you know he's had spotty uh, NFL action here and there. He's most recently, I think, with the Bears. So from a fantasy perspective with Daniel in the saddle, how much does that take you down from wanting to play Swift, wanting to play Marvin Jones? Sounds like they'll be without Galladay for a while. Um, what does this do to the Lions offense downgrading a quarterback? Yeah, it's rough. Like I said, this was going to be a fun, high-scoring game back and forth. Um, it, it's a downgrade without Kenny Galladay as well. I was going to say play Marvin Hall in DFS just $12 on Yahoo. He was 10th in air yards last week. Good matchup. Um, he's actually impressed uh, during summer work and without Galladay. And Marvin Jones looks a little bit washed up. I know he had two touchdowns last week. There's like 38 yards. So I liked Hall as a sleeper and not not with, not with Daniel taking over. It's a bummer, Stafford. Um, yeah, it's uh, it sucks and it's a downgrade for all of their fantasy players, no doubt. If you have to go really deep, if you're just scraping, you know, you and I are in a league together with 20 teams, for example. I wonder if Quintez Cephas, who wasn't even active last week, he was get, he's going to be active this week. You would think theoretically, I know everybody doesn't buy this narrative, but you would think that he's been running reps with Daniel, probably on the scout team. I bet Cephas has like a five or six catch game in him. I, I could see him being in the right setup. Like you're an eight, 10, 12 team league. For, you know, don't even just skip to the next game. But if you go deeper than that, I think Cephas might have some value. Yeah, I was fully expected uh, expected Cephas to, to do better after I hyped Marvin Hall all week. I fully expected right. Yeah, the fact he, that you're hyping Marvin Hall is is, yeah. is really pushing me to Cephas. Now I'm going to move yeah. him up about twelve right. spots in my right. Yeah, he, he, no, he's definitely uh, an interesting guy who could emerge too and get all the snaps. But Ma- Hall was the guy that stepped in last week. Doesn't mean it will moving forward. And maybe Daniel and Cephas have a, a, a off field uh, connection there with practice. But um, Daniel's now just you know if you're in a super flex option and you're Going after the dregs of quarterbacks, like I'm in a couple of leagues. I've picked up Garrett Gilbert, who's not even guaranteed to start for Dallas, but mm-hmm. I'm sure dealing with buys and injuries, super flex formats, um, guys like Chase Daniel actually matter. Yeah, I had to pick up Jake Luton. We'll get to the Jacksonville game in a little bit. I, I wasn't even sure if it was Luton or, or Luton. I guess it is Luton. We'll get to Jacksonville in a minute. Speaking of teams that let me down last week, I, I had tickets on the Baltimore Ravens. I liked them off the bye week. I thought Pittsburgh would be a little bit beaten up after that physical game against Tennessee. And even though the Ravens had a huge rushing edge, a huge yardage edge, move the ball up and down the field for Lamar Jackson turnovers, you had that awful pick six early in the game. And somehow, I really think the Pittsburgh win was a little bit fraudulent, but you know, Baltimore gave it to them. They took it. Good for the Steelers. Baltimore, nonetheless, is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Indianapolis, which I, I don't think this line really makes sense, but there it is, 46-and-a-half over-under. What are you thinking of the Ravens and Colts? I took the points. I consider these teams equals. I thought the Colts would be favored by three, frankly. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to be shocked if Rivers commits a bunch of turnovers and Baltimore bounces back and wins, even without Lamar Jackson posting some some big games. So um, I, I, this would be a stay away to me. It's two of the better teams. Should be fun to watch. I have no idea what to make of the Jonathan Taylor situation other than be frustrated. Um, Jordan Wilkins is a good player, too. Um, I took the points. I was a little surprised by the by the spread, but... Um, should be a fun game that should come down to the end. What do you think, PNL? Yeah, I mean, Baltimore's third in DVOA. Um, Indianapolis is fifth. So that basically says the teams are, are pretty close to even. And, you know, the Ravens, I mean, they just lost their star left tackle, Stanley. He, right after he signed the big contract, he, he had an injury. He's out for the year. 
I liked the way Pittsburgh defended Jackson, that they made him pay the price on those runs. You know, I mean, he, he ran the ball, I think, 16 times in that game, and he really paid a physical price. And just seems, he seems like he's got the yips a little bit. He's got the odd throwing motion. And, you know, all those guys were running so wide open last year. It felt like I just picture Mark Andrews being in the screen with no defender anywhere near him. I don't know where those plays have gone. I don't know that they've solved some of Jackson. He's, he's still a good player. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying they should bench him or he's a stiff all of a sudden. But he doesn't look anything like the Lamar Jackson we saw last year. I mean, it's not just regression. I, I think he's actually in a little bit of a funk right now, and they need to solve it. So until that gets fixed to my to my satisfaction, yeah, they ran the ball great last week. And, and man, it was much easier for fantasy purposes with Ingram out that you could play Dobbins or Edwards and feel pretty good about it. But, you know, the Colts got Leonard back. Their defense looked pretty good at Detroit. So I got to take the points at home. Yeah, I'm with you. And it was interesting to see Edwards and, and Dobbins uh, run against the Pittsburgh team that had shut down running backs previously to that. So maybe they were selling out to defend uh, Jackson, maybe. But uh, this should be a fun game to watch with both question marks at quarterback suddenly. I think Jamal, Lamar Jackson will play better. But, um, man, it's been interesting. After week one, it looked like he was going to just light up the league. And it's uh, been kind of a bumpy path for, from then on. Just really quick, are you a buyer or a seller on Marquise Brown right now? I have to say seller. I'm worried. I, I love the air yards and I have I have him in my numerous teams. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. But no, from what I've seen, I mean, he's going to catch a bomb here and there and probably have a big week. But I have to say uh, I would definitely be discouraged. I'm a seller. What, what about you? Yeah, I'm at this point. I mean, it's all, of course, cost dependent on, on what you can get him for. I mean, you can get him for nothing. Great. You know, people say, oh, what, you know, what, if, what if he just waved in my league? Fine. Pick him up. What if I can get him for nothing? Yeah, that's awesome. But if, if the price is what the market is right now, I just think I don't think there's going to be con- continuity in this offense consistency. So um, I, I want somebody who I think has and it's not just that the market share. He's never going to have like these 11 target games. He's going to have five or six targets and you have to hope that one of them pops. Now let's go to the Carolina Kansas City game. Man, what a disappointment from Teddy Bridgewater in the rain. And of course, he was hurt in that game, came back. Maybe he shouldn't have, but they were handled pretty easily by the Falcons while Kansas City did more or less whatever they wanted against the Jets. Kansas City, a 10.5-point favorite over at Bet MGM, And the over-under, a juicy 52.5. What do you make, Carolina, Kansas City? Sure, I'll feel dumb, but I took the points here. Teddy B is getting 8.7 YPA on the road this season. Small sample, but still nice to know. You know, he doesn't doesn't change with venues much. It actually excels. Uh, their defense is actually pretty good, Carolina. They're getting McCaffrey back, it looks like. So I'll take the points, but fully aware that this, you know, one of those Kansas City, when they're on, they're on, and they win by 30. So, but uh, I held my nose and took the points. Yeah, it, it says, I guess I spotted. I wasn't even sure what I did with this game because I, I don't like it. It's always hard to know what to do with double-digit spreads. I respect the Carolina offense. I mean, they have skill players you like. As you said, McCaffrey likely back. DJ Moore is a special talent. Robbie Anderson has been onboarded so seamlessly. They've gotten Curtis Samuel going in recent weeks. But I took Kansas City. I guess maybe it's because now that Hardman's starting to get into the mix, I just think, how, how can you cover all these guys? You know, Hill's ridiculously fast. Hardman may be faster than Hill. Kelsey is always open because he's such a matchup problem with his body type. You know, Demarcus Robinson's not a bad player. You know, for all the frustration that Alaire hasn't gone off, he, he still has a lot of splashy plays every week. He's gotten a lot of second area runs. I, I think he still played pretty well. He's just been a little bit more disappointing for fantasy. He's not getting the touchdowns, and now he has to share with Bell. And, and by the way, if you needed either one of those guys, it was kind of disheartening that Andy Reid went to the bench when, game, when the game got out of hand. He pulled Mahomes. He, he pulled his running backs. 
And that's what you have to, the price you have to pay with Kansas City. We always like those big home favorites for the running game correlation. But if he's going to be this proactive benching primary guys, it's going to take away from that. So maybe it's just because of Hardman. And let me ask you, do you think Hardman, you know, some weeks he gets two or three targets. Last week, I think he had nine. Would you be confident uh, punching a Hardman ticket, whether it be DFS, an over-under, a, a fantasy start? Is he a guy we can trust now? He's okay to stack and say a tournament, but no, I wouldn't say trust yet, especially with Sammy Watkins possibly returning. It was very encouraging the, the routes he ran last week and the targets for sure. But given just the matchup, I could see the, the, the Chiefs actually running like crazy because of last week countering and Carolina a lot more vulnerable there. So I wouldn't say with any certainty like to, to feel safe about it with Hardman yet. I'd, I'd more of a wait-and-see approach, especially if Watkins uh, returns this week too. So, um, but yeah, what, what about you? You, you went on Hardman? I mean, definitely upside, absolutely, no question about it. It's nice. It's very encouraging, no doubt about it. I wa- Man, I really want him to be a proactive pick, but I think it's more of a case of I, I need to be in a situation where – I felt kind of forced into it. I don't know that I could look at other options that I like and say, no, I'm going to play Hartman over them. So he's not proactive for me. And on the I flip side, I phrase it with that. On the flip side, it, it always seems like Kansas City is a good fantasy startup for the opponents because they're going to be, you know, they have to be passing on the in the second half. And of course, they're using DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson here. But just quietly, the, the KC, the fourth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, six fewest to quarterbacks. Their defense is kind of good in whatever the game flow, the time of possession. Uh, they're not an ideal fantasy matchup, even though it looks you know, theoretically on paper, it, it seems like it would be. Yeah, they're seventh in, in pass defense DVOA, too. So. Um, you're, you're right. I think it's been a little bit of a fool's errand to chase that volume thinking you're getting the garbage. I mean, sometimes garbage time is just an overrated thing. It's nice when it comes, but we can't assume it's always going to show up. So uh, Houston and Jacksonville are both back after their bye weeks, and the, the Jaguars are at home this week catching seven points. I'm not going to see Minshew for a while with, with the broken bones in his hand. So uh, Jake Luton, and it is Luton, L-U-T-O-N, is uh, their quarterback now. Don't know how that's going to fit with any of these pieces. It's been a disappointing passing game, but I mean, if Minshew was playing hurt, I guess that explains it. Anyway, Houston is seven-point favorite in this game. The total is high, 50 and a half. What are you doing with the Texans and Jags? I took the points. I love the way Watson's played this year and the new coaching change and all that, but the defense is still vulnerable. James Robinson could have a nice game, and I don't know. I can't see anyone confidently betting on Luton making his first start, so it just felt like the right line. I, I like what the Texans are doing offensively, but, man, laying seven points on the road, that team seemed like too much for me. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't lay this kind of number on the road with a team I don't trust. Texans have a horrible defense. Uh, and, again, a rematch game in division. The first game wasn't really out of hand. And maybe just Minshew being compromised physically had a lot to do with it. Robinson has been probably the biggest find of the, whether you drafted him late or you got him off, maybe off waivers in the first week. I mean, he's number two or number three in running back value right now, depending on how your league prices things. Does the quarterback change make you nervous about Robinson with, you know, holding up to what he's done so far? Yeah, I would I would prefer just to say status quo with how good he's been. So a little nervous. And then on the flip side, what they're they're threatening to throw the ball deeper. I don't know what is it. Like Sharks obviously being a disappointment. So I guess it's a, obviously more of a wait and see approach. But how have you treated that as far as the Jacksonville wide receivers? Yeah, I, I can't time the market right. You know, I mean, there's some weeks where they spread the ball around a lot. I'm waiting for Chanel to kind of take a step forward. Hasn't happened. Sharks been a disappointment. Keelan Cole just. Just just enough to stay on your roster in a medium and deep league, but he's never consistent enough that you know when to play him. 
I don't know what the, and now you have no idea who has rapport with the quarterback. You know, they're getting Eifert back in that 20 team league that we're in where I have tight end problems, like to go with 17 teams in the league. I looked around to see who is tight end, who's good at tight end I could trade with. The answer was nobody. So I'm just going to have to live with it. I'm debating between Mo Alley Cox and Tyler Eifert, you know, or maybe even pick up O'Shaughnessy. I mean, that's how bad my tight ends are. So I don't, I don't, I really don't know what to make of the Jaguars other than this. James Robinson's going to touch the ball 23 times. That I feel confident in. Yeah, you know, and Houston, they've their rush defense has been worn down in second halves of games. Uh, it's been really, really bad. And Robinson even catches the ball too. So yeah, he's a uh, just a must start, best find, yeah, for sure, free agent find of the year without question. All right, here's a game I'm excited about. This is my game of the month. Okay, maybe my game of the year. The Giants plus three at the Washington Football Team. Total is just forty-one and a half. Pretty low number in today's NFL. This is a rematch of the game the Giants won earlier this year. The football team is rested. The Giants played on Monday. The football team has a great pass rush. The Giants have Daniel Jones, who you know can't wait to give the ball to the other team. I just like saying football team. I think they should just be the WFT in perpetuity. They had a stupid nickname. They fixed it. I like WFT. I like Ron Rivera. I like Gibson. I like Terry McLaurin. I, I think they upgraded mildly at quarterback because Haskins was really killing this team. I mean, at least Allen's not giving the ball away. I want you to bet WFT minus the three. I want you to bet them to win the division at plus 400. And Dalton, if you disagree with me, I'm just going to say you're wrong. Oh, I uh, I totally agree with you. They're one of my three favorite bets of the week. Um, I, I like them. As, uh, at those odds to win the division, um, you painted the picture. They're more rested. Uh, I also like the fact that the Giants beat them the last time they faced it. Came down to the Washington trying to go for two at the end. Uh, maybe the rookie, I was like, oh, uh, the rookie back during their bye, Jonathan Taylor, will explode. Maybe it's Antonio Gibson who gets unleashed, the rookie back coming off their bye. Although Logan Thomas, I'd like to see him banged up. But yeah, defensively against Danny Dimes, uh, committed the most turnovers in the first in his first 20 games since Ryan Leaf. So I like Washington as a top three uh, fantasy D start this week and, and, and definitely given just the three points at home. I'm glad you mentioned the defense too. They were something that I was proactively adding when I had the freedom to look ahead. You don't always have that. Sometimes you need to put all your resources into the current week. But I had a couple of my teams to uh, that could look ahead. And, you know, there's there's so few fantasy defenses you can trust. You know, look ahead. Like, for example, the Rams don't play this week. They have some really good matchups in the second half of the year. And obviously they have Aaron Donald. It, it might be worth it if, again, if you have the a team that's deep enough where you don't have to have and I, I look you want to have lottery tickets at running back and all that so you know some people might scoff at the idea of carrying a second defense but there are so few defensive streamers I like week in and week out that if I can see a team that's a week away from a good matchup like I proactively went after the Eagles for last week knowing they were going to get the Cowboys and uh, that's what I did with WFT here I'm, I'm going to pick up the Rams in a league or two if I can so try to do some looking ahead with that now Logan Thomas as you said is dinged up if he is healthy I think he's an easy top 10 tight end the rest of the year. Maybe that's damning with faint praise because the position is a total mess right now. And he's only getting like four to six targets a week, but he gets a touchdown, you know, about 30% of the time. They don't have that wide of a tree. I I think he's a good player. I think he has a good rapport with Allen. I would be rolling out Logan Thomas. If you didn't have Kelsey, you know, Kittle's hurt right now. You know, you'd play Andrews, but you get to live with his ups and downs. I Gronkowski's had a nice comeback, but I think Logan Thomas is a really bankable fantasy tight end right now. Yeah, if he's healthy, he's a top 12 fantasy tight end on my board. Uh, The volume's gone slightly down with the quarterback change, but the efficiency's gone way up with Kyle Allen. Much 
much improved at quarterback play. And there's not many, many other options other than McLaurin there. So uh, I'm with you, Logan Thomas, and especially in the dire tight end situation right now. He's a tight end one. So let's jump to the AFC West, the Las Vegas Raiders, not the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, fresh off a win at Cleveland in about as boring a football game as you can ever see. It was in the rain. They ran the ball. Uh, the game felt like the game ended a half hour in front of every other game. In fact, the Browns only had six possessions. Anyway, six possessions. That's yeah. the fewest in 30 years. That's wild right, when right. I heard that. Crazy. Uh, the Raiders, fresh off that win, they travel to Los Angeles where the Chargers, man, you know, they have great quarterback in, in Herbert, but they keep finding a way to lose his games. Really don't blame him for that, although we got a, had a couple of loose interceptions in that Denver game. The Chargers are a one point favorite. In this matchup, and it's a very high total of 51 and a half. What do you make of Vegas and L.A.? Uh, this is another one of my favorite bets of the week. I like the Chargers here. I know fading Gruden has not gone uh, well overall this season, but um, maybe it's just the stink of the Chargers. It's Phillip Rivers uh, remains with these losses. No team had ever blown 16-point leads in three straight games, and they've done it four straight games now. I know they won one of those games, but that's still pretty wild. Um, but I'm betting Herbert and their health with, with healthy Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, uh, it'd be really interesting when Austin Eckler comes back. Uh, all in on, on Herbert, I think, uh, yeah, this should be like Chargers minus three to me. They have a solid defense too. So yeah, I, I'm, I happily take the Chargers here. I, this line doesn't make sense to me. The Chargers are five or six, five or six slots higher in DVOA, which I just looked yeah. as a cross check. Like maybe yeah. are the Raiders good analytically in some way that I don't understand? And I decided that they were 31st in defense, DVOA. Mm-hmm. 31st, the Raiders rank. Only the Jacksonville's worst. I mean, no. Yeah. I think this line's wrong. Uh, maybe maybe the sh- people just expect the Chargers to blow things. I, I don't know. Um, by the way, the backfield get a little bit more complicated where Pope got into the mix with the Chargers last week. Can you play Jackson with confidence? Did you pick up Pope anywhere? Is there something we can gravitate to on this Chargers offense? Troy Main Pope looked good. He did leave banged up at the end there, but he like noticeably looks like he's going to be a three-man committee there if he's healthy for sure. So it, well, I don't think it was just a one-off performance there. But the 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 the, the Val Justin Jackson is actually not getting the red zone looks, but the, the in general the amount of touches he's the favorite to lead in that backfield in a home matchup against the Raiders. It's one of the most favorable matchups. You got to use them, but that's a complicated situation if there's three of them back there. That that could be a problem. Definitely limiting all their upsides. That's for sure. I would. Advise anybody to not panic if you believed in a Raiders receiver into last week because that wind game at Cleveland took away all the deep stuff. So only two targets for Aguilar. Uh, Ruggs wasn't targeted much. He may have caught a touchdown. It, it, I could. I still can't tell. I saw that play about 20 times. I don't know if his toe was, was out of bounds or not. If it was, it was by the small, smallest of margins. But I still think he's a good player. They only targeted Renfro four times, but he caught all of them. He caught a touchdown. I, I think he could be a 70-catch guy if they would just prioritize him a m- little more. I know that the Raiders play really slow. In, in this particular game, they were running the, the play clock on every snap. I mean, they just wanted to turn this into a 1975 game. And so, you know, D- Derek Carr, is he is what he is. He's a quality player, but he's not like a star or anything. This isn't going to be one of the 10 best passing offenses in the league. But I'm just saying, if you liked Aguilar last week and picked him up, if you believed in Ruggs, if you believed in Renfro, whatever it is, don't throw these guys out because that Cleveland game was just a game that you're, most games aren't going to play like that. Yeah, I'm not going to kill Derek Carr's deep ball, but it does flutter. Let's say it's not its not exactly mm-hmm. Russell Wilson in velocity. Um, and he ch- attempted one early in, the, and in that field goal, too. Both of them were just so bad. Like, oh, we're not going to try this 
again. So yeah, to throw that game out the window. Although, yeah, let's really throw that out the window is someone who ranked Kareem Hunt number one as my fantasy back last week and used him in DFS. That didn't go as planned. The Raiders. He didn't defense, finish first. I don't yeah, have the sheet in front of me. He he wasn't in the top one. He he he, he did not. No, they did not take advantage of that matchup. I thought the win, hey, more more ground and pound, but uh, didn't 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 work out that way. But yeah, Man. totally different. Uh, that that game could be thrown out as far as the stats. But this week, I still like the Chargers to do work against the Raiders. I rewatched that Raiders Browns game and. Depending on how you score drops, Jarvis Landry could have had anywhere from two to five drops. I just mm. he just couldn't hold the ball. A couple of the passes would have been nice catches. So I bet that, he said he played with a broken rib, right? I mean that broken yeah. ribs, no joke. He looked like a guy who was hurt. And by the way, I mentioned how tight end is such a mess. The Browns don't play this week, but Austin Hooper sounds like he's going to be ready to go in week ten. He was on at least one of my waiver wires in league where we're all scrapping for tight ends. Grab him now and put him on your IR. You don't even have to use a spot. And then he might be back in week 10. I know they have talent at tight end behind him and Brian and Njoku. I, I feel like Cleveland is kind of sick of Njoku making a bad play every week. He had a bad drop in that game against the Raiders. But Austin Hooper was just getting into form before the appendectomy. I think he has a chance to be a decent player down the stretch. I heard you make the wreck on the Yahoo pod earlier this week with Andy. And I, I liked it a lot because, yeah, Jarvis Landry, broken rib, no Odell Beckham. I mean, if they have to pass, yeah, Hooper. And Hooper, uh, while Harrison Bryant is, is super interesting, he did lose that fumble. And you got to follow the money with Hooper. I mean, the target should be there with that contract. So I, I'm with you there, especially with tight end. Just so so blah right now. It's horrible. We'll kind of go turbo on this one because the Steelers, the Cowboys, what is there to say? This could have been a Super Bowl preview a couple months ago, but you know Dallas 0-8 against the spread. We don't know who their quarterback is. Whoever he is, he's you know, their fourth stringer. The Steelers on the road spotting the 13.5, just a 41.5 total. What do you make of Pittsburgh and Dallas? Yeah, Cowboys only team yet to cover, I believe. No one even knows who's starting at quarterback. Um, I, I I took the points and held my nose. This seems like a game with Big Ben and, and the Steelers to struggle and make people with survivors sweat. I mean, the Cowboys weren't like, didn't it take like a late Eagles defensive touchdown to make them cover that? Um, so I know this doesn't seem practical on paper with an undefeated team, but give me, even if it is Gilbert Gottfried or whoever it is starting at a quarterback, uh, Cooper Rush and, and who is it, Gilbert, uh, I'm still going to take the points here. Yeah, Dallas's defense has been a little bit better the last two weeks. It helps that they haven't played great opposition. They, I thought, I, this is from somebody who had the Eagles. I thought Dallas was the right side in that Sunday night game, and they needed that. Not only was it a defensive touchdown, I'm not sure they called it right. That ball sure looked dead to me. And then the, and then the ball gets squirted out 10 yards behind the, the play, and it's a gift-walking touchdown. So I'll take Dallas with the points. I, I don't have much to say about I don't like betting games with double-digit spreads. We don't know who the quarterback is. And it all comes down to how serious does Pittsburgh take this game? Do they just show up and do enough to win? Or do they show up and say, okay, you know, we're going to beat the living snot out of you? I have a feeling they just do enough to win. So that's why I lean Dallas, but I probably won't put any cash on that game. Miami, fresh off the upset win over the Rams. The Tua era starts kind of quietly. He wasn't asked to do a lot. They get ahead early in that game. Catching five points against Arizona. They're fresh off a bye week. 47 and a half total. As Dave Damashek points out, probably the best all-time matchup of quarterbacks wearing number one. <laughs> you have Tua, number one, against Kyler Murray, number one. Dalton, what do you make of this one? I made the Cardinals my best bet of the week. Um, I just love the way their rushing offense sets up against this uh, rushing defense in Miami. Coming off the bye, Murray's been much better at home. Um 
You know, I watched the highlight reel of Tua before uh, the games, and I was convinced. Uh, I watched a ten minute uh, clip of him. Like, ah, oh, this is Steve Young two point Didn't quite look that way during his debut. I'm still bullish on his future, but um, man, the Rams outgained the Dolphins by the most yards in a game this season, three hundred twenty six last week, and still lost. But I think Tua's in for some some struggles in the short term. Cardinals have an underrated defense, and I think they're just gonna they got an upgrade at running back with your guy Chase Edmonds. Uh, uh, possibly, you know, I don't know how if Drake will be available or not, but I really like the setup here for the Cardinals, and I made them my best bet of the week. I don't believe Kingsbury at all when he talks about Drake maybe playing. I think he's just trying to be cute. Oh, I'll confuse the Dolphins; they won't know who to prepare for. Play Chase Edmonds in DFS in seasonal. In wherever you can get your hands on Chase Edmonds, and I, I, the only thing that frustrates me is I can see Edmonds having a great game, and then Kingsbury still going back to Drake at some point. And I mean, Edmonds has outplayed him all season. Look how well Edmonds played in that win over Seattle two weeks ago. And I also like the Arizona defense here. Look, Miami when they get that big lead, they basically put two on ice and they hit him in that game. I don't think they'll be able to do it here, and I think Arizona is going to be aggressive and they're going to try to exploit a quarterback who really has no experience. So. If I couldn't get the WFT defense, it was the Arizona defense that I was looking for this week. Oh, yeah. I have him rank borderline top five start this week. I, I, I like him a lot. Uh, yeah, even Matt Breida is banged up. So they're going to be down to their third string uh, running back, it looks like. So I can even I matter. Miles Gaskin was on so many of my teams. God, that injury hurt. And, you know, Breida, as much as I, I, I was really in on him last year, and it seems like he can't stay healthy. Nobody wants to watch Jordan Howard anymore. They even traded for one of the. Uh, Leftover Kansas City running backs. I'm right. kind of, did they get Washington? DeAndre Washington. DeAndre Washington. Yeah. 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 So maybe he'll be forced into action right away. One of the uh, the best games on the card, the Sunday nighter, maybe an NFC Championship preview, the Saints at Tampa Bay, a rematch of the week one game, which uh, the Saints won pretty much because of their defense. Tampa Bay's defense played fine, but Brady did not. Things have changed. Tampa Bay's a five-and-a-half-point favorite, a heavy total of 51 and a half. What are you doing with Breeze? What are you doing with Brady? What are you doing with this game? I took the points, but I'm more excited to watch this game than to bet on it because I wouldn't be shocked if Brady did bounce. You know, that wasn't the greatest uh, showing on prime time in front of everyone, and maybe the defense bounces back. Or were they exposed a little bit? Now it's a short week, and the Saints, this should be a three-point spread. I could see an argument either side, so I took the points. I know Breeze is not throwing the ball downfield, but maybe his receivers get healthier. Uh, these teams should be familiar with each other, so they should be. I feel like they're going to keep it close enough. But but, but the, the Bucks' upside, to me, is, is higher than the Saints right now. Yeah, I, t- I could only take the points, too, just because I, th- I think Tampa Bay just becomes so public that you're paying a spread tax with them, and you know what? I'm I'm kicking myself over. I did have the Giants and staff picks, which we all did on Monday night. But I wish I'd noticed that the the Bucks were playing the Saints the next week because it just seemed like the classic look ahead. And it felt felt like Tampa Bay just showed up and did just enough to win. And the Giants were the right side for three hours in that game. At, at no point did if you had a Giants ticket, would you have wanted to change it? And so I oh, I, I had the Bucks in a two strike Survivor League, and I was sweating bad, obviously. But I mean, oh yeah, it was it was. You're right. It was the right right side from the beginning. The Giants. What do you do with the crowding of the Tampa Bay offense? I mean, they, they have Jones was playing. He fumbled. Then he's mothballed. We don't know if Godwin's going to play. Evans, you know, you know, whenever Brady throws a pass to Evans in the, around the goal line, it's a touchdown. They're six <laughs> for six in red zone targets. <laughs> but why isn't he getting the ball between the 20s? It sounds like Antonio Brown is going to play. Scotty Miller's dinged up. The really crazy thing about this is the only, uh, not counting Brady for a second, the only Tampa Bay guy I feel like who's easy to project now is Gronkowski. 
Give him like five for 62 and like a 50-50 chance at a touchdown. End of story. And that's pretty good at tight end in 2020. But I don't know what anybody else is going to do here. No, they're spreading around like crazy. And who knows with Antonio Brown in the mix. The one thing I'll say, and I can't believe I'm saying it, is I kind of like the way things are shaking out for Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. Cause, yeah, because yeah, even if Ronald Jones... First of all, Ronald Jones is at risk of getting benched any game with one mistake. Like, just that fumble was... You could argue that's not exactly his fault, but he did get benched for two two quarters afterward. And Fournette is the passing down back, and Brady loves throwing to him. And it's at least it seems like it's 50-50 that he'll be in there around the goal line. So he's getting the more important touches, and he has a clear path to be the feature back if Jones you know, commits, commits another mental gaffe. I love the way Jones is running with the football in his hands, but uh, Fournette could emerge there. It's like a top 10 type back. But I hear you, as it currently sits, it's just everyone, you know, kind of a, a one big gigantic committee. Dare I say this? Because I said before the season, the way to prepare for your draft was to get your cheat sheet out, cross off Leonard Fournette, and then go draft. Now, he, now yeah. in my defense, he was on the Jaguars then. He yes. wasn't even cut by Jacksonville yet. But I, I feel like when Jones had the drops problem in the passing game, they just decided, well, Fournette's back. We're just going to throw the ball to Fournette. You've lost that role, Ronald Jones. And then he fumbled last week. I actually think it might be worth it. Go to the team that has Fournette. And don't You'd be a little coy about it. Say, hey, I, I need some running back help. You get four guys I like. If you can actually find a team that fits that that mold, model and see if you can sneak Fournette off somebody. I, you know, it's all contextual. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't fit in your league. Maybe you have a Fournette owner. I, I think he's going to have a nice second half, and I'm looking to get invested there. I don't know what to do with the receivers. I, if I could give you any Tampa Bay receiver, would you have to take Evans just because he's getting touchdowns right now and Godwin's hurt? Do you expect Brown to do anything? Evans claims he's healthier now too. I, I don't know. God, when you can't take a, pick a guy, well, it's a finger. I would say Godwin because it's a finger and I still feel like the slot works best with Brady. Man, I don't know though. Um, can I, can I say that Brady, it's, it's beginning to look like he may have made the right decision. Just wild Belichick making the, the cap excuses and they're adding Fournette. They're adding Antonio Brown. Now Gronk came to play with them. I mean, that's with Godwin and Evans already there just, and the league's, arguable best defense okay. and one of the best offensive lines how dare you nice decision man. how <laughs> dare you besmirch jacoby myers and demir <laughs> bird actually i like myers and this is going to pivot us to the last game on the slate the monday nighter the fighting belichicks fresh off that close but no cigar loss to the bills they're two and five now man it's been a long time since bill belichick was staring at a record like that they are spotting seven points to probably the worst team in football, depending on how you, how you think of the Cowboys. Patriots, seven-point favorites at the Meadowlands, 42-and-a-half total. What do you make of the Pats and Jets? Yeah, I made a mistake saying I held my nose earlier because this is when I truly held my nose taking the Jets on this one. They're on pace for the worst point differential in NFL history. Um, but I don't know. When's the last time Cam Newton threw a, threw a touchdown? Week two? Um, I don't know. They could overwhelm them with their defense and whatnot, but uh, this Patriots team giving seven points on the road just seemed like too much. But uh, uh, Adam Gase, man, I don't love it. The Patriots have three touchdown passes on the season, and the last one was Jared Stidham to Nikhil Harry at Kansas City. You know, so you know, now that the Stidham to Harry connection has been shelved, you know, the NFL was quaking in its boots for that one. I ultimately took the Patriots in this game. I, I hate laying a touchdown on the road, but I guess I just can justify that Belichick at least will have a game plan. I mean, look, they were competitive in that Kansas City game. They easily could have won that game. I felt like they probably should have beaten Buffalo, and this is from a guy who had Buffalo tickets, but I thought New England, you know, Belichick, 
even with all the personnel they're down, they were they didn't even have Stephen Gilmore in that game for crying out loud. And I thought they were the better team, or at least had a puncher's chance to win. And you know, Belichick wants to win every game, don't get me wrong, but he has such a bad blood with the Jets. He hates the way everything was handled there, and he wants to beat the Jets more than and, you know, wasn't it Mangini who told on him with Spygate and all that? I mean, he I feel like this is a game he always has circled. It's a Monday night game, so I think the Wingman wins it something like 23 to 10, something like that. Darnold's banged up, and Adam Gase is giving 37-year-old Frank, Ge- Frank Gore carries down big in a lost season last week and not LaMichael P. Ryan. So um, I'm not going to push back too hard here. The, the Belichick, uh, how, how many games in a row have they lost? Three? I mean, how, yeah. how rare yeah, I mean, is I, that? I thought so. they were going to have their, their bounce-back game against the Niners. It sure didn't happen. That oh, they lost four. The Patriots have lost four games in a row. Yeah, that's that's wild. So they're yeah, they'll probably recover. And and Gase, you're talking me out of this one. I don't feel confident with, with anything involving Gase. But plus seven uh, against this uh, this Pats team at home. That's where I leaned. But um, I don't feel strongly about it. Clearly. Well, hopefully we gave you some winners uh, in for your football pool for your bet MGM investing this week. But we also have some DFS slants we're going to give you before we get out of here. Dalton, who is your favorite DFS play on the Week 9 card? Yeah, I was psyched to talk about all the cheap Marvin Hall. But let's talk more Chase Edmonds. First props to you saying you should get him on all of your fantasy drafts. Just stash him there. That's when Drake was a big thing. Um, assuming Drake does not return this, this game, Dolphins last-ranked rush defense DVOA. Chase Edmonds, affordable $25 on Yahoo. Clearly the better back all season anytime he's seen the field. I just love the setup here. Uh, Tua, I just think it's going to be overwhelmed in the Cardinals game script. Going to be playing with the lead at home, coming off the bye. Murray's been better at home this season. I think Edmonds is a top five fantasy back in week nine. I can see it. I'm going to go with Logan Thomas, who I mentioned earlier in the WFT segment, $13, a little bit dinged up. So make sure you get clearance on him before game day. But I want to pay down a tight end. I'm, I'm not going to pay $23 for Darren Waller. I'm not going to pay the, the big ticket on Kelsey. Andrews, I think, is, is a guy you can't pay up for right now. I'm looking for the cheapest touchdown equity I can find. And I feel like Logan Thomas offers that. And I think the Giants are a good matchup for that. Producer Ragu, who's always uh, giving us great DFS recommendations. His lock of the week, bold capital letters, is James Robinson, who's a very manageable 30 bucks against that Houston defense that I have nothing good to say about. Ragu expects them to lean on the run with the new QB, Luton, stepping in. And we, as I said, Robinson's already got 20 plus touches in his back pocket. So I, I can see paying up for him. Dalton, who are you going to fade in week nine? I'll give you a spicy one. DK Metcalf coming off the monster game. Uh, you don't want to pay for last week's stats. Could be shadowed by Tredavious White in this matchup. I like Stephon Diggs against the Seahawks team that's been lit up by wide receivers for a cheaper price in that same game, especially if John Brown remains banged up. So DK Metcalf, uh, you know, right there, good as argument as anyone behind Devontae Adams as a fantasy receiver to to have on your team moving forward. But this week at this price, uh, I say avoid him against Tredavious White. I'm going to have some fades in the Pittsburgh-Dallas game. Again, I'm not sure how serious Pittsburgh will take this game. And I don't like the way Roethlisberger looks. I mean, he's had a YPA under six the last two weeks. Somehow they've won anyway. Doesn't want to hold the ball. Doesn't want to throw downfield. This kind of a crowding issue. Claypool and, and Juju and you know, Deontay Johnson, who's had injury issues. Ebron's cutting into everybody's production. Because I can't get to an eight or ten target projection for anybody here, and I think they might control the game. It might be a situation where they pull guys or they just run the clock late with, with Connor. Maybe Snell gets involved in this game. I, I just don't think it's the day to – 
invested in the Pittsburgh passing game. And I would also, this is kind of low-hanging fruit now for a guy who is the number two or number three consensus pick in fantasy. I, I just, Zeke, you get to play him in seasonal. is kind of a ugly running back too. You can't go near him in DFS. I, I almost think to, to tantalize people to play him in DFS, you're going to have to price him in the teens. I, once he's over 20 bucks, you can't do it. I, I, the offense could score three points in any week. Yeah, I like Connor at a similar price to Edmonds at 26 in that game. But to- yeah, Edmund, I'm sorry, Elliott is not an RB1 right now, especially in a matchup with Pittsburgh. You're right. His price would have to drop significantly more to entice people with DFS. It's a, it's a rough situation in Dallas right now with the offensive line and down to what, quarterback three or four. Crazy. Man, and they're, as we said, 0-8 against the spread. I think that's all only happened twice in like the last 25 or 30 years. It's just crazy to see a team that can't get to the window and cash a ticket. Dalton, my man, what are you working on this week? Got the sit-start column uh, Friday. And uh, yeah, man, let's, uh, let's win some money this week, P&L. Let's win some money this week. I will help you with all the injuries uh, on Saturday. Uh, we'll have the collaborative piece probably be out when this podcast is out with all of our sleepers of the week. And then, of course, for Fantasy Football Live on Sunday, our flagship program with, with all the crew. Make sure you check that out. And if you like podcasts, uh, we're all about the podcast at Yahoo Sports. Check out the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Charles Robinson and Therese Paler, our good friends. And, and they also play fantasy. They're in that 20-team league that Robinson runs. I got a good team in that league, man. I think I'm first or second in points. I'm feeling pretty good. I got some James Robinson in that league. So lucky for me. And, of course, I have skanky tight ends. But so it goes. The Yahoo Sports College podcast, those guys are doing a great job. Wetzel Thamel. And Pat Forty, you know those guys. And, and, and props to Thamel, who I thought was all over the Michigan story of, of Jim Harbaugh finding a way to lose as a 21-point favorite. Who knows? Maybe, maybe Jim Harbaugh can be brought on as a 49ers consultant next year, Dalton. Maybe that can fix your team. But uh, those, those guys are doing just knocking it out of the park with the college pod. So check that out. And if you want to get social with us, Yahoo Fantasy is our handle. I'm Scott underscore Pianowski. Dalton Del Don will get you Mr. Larry David, Mr. Radiohead, Mr. Jimmy G himself. Producer Ragu, want to thank him again. Awesome job as usual, keeping us on the air and sounding decent. And one more thanks to Planters. Keep those nuts coming. Keep those cashews coming. Tomorrow, Andy and Liz break down the rest of the week nine slate for fantasy. Until then, for Dalton, I am P and Al, straight cash homie. We are out.